to thank um, all of you at Hillside for just this past year. Um, I feel like uh, we kind of ended the year awesome. Do, uh, Dory and I, um, Lori, Debbie, and Freddie went into the jail on the 22nd of December. And those of you who packed, helped pack the bags for Christmas, and those of you who give money here, the Bible says that we all share in the rewards of what happens. And so we had the ability to go in and be with the inmates. And um, it was uh, Dory and I's opportunity on that Sunday to bring communion. And uh, we be began to open, to be in the library, and they started bringing in the pods. And they brought in a pod, the lockdown pods. And we began to see people that we knew. And we began to see people that um, they have been touched by God, but we got to have them experience God, to pray for them. And just to see things happen. You know, we lost Becky this last year, and her son was in our home. And to see him come in and have communion and to, to see him growing in God was such an incredible experience. And that's because of you guys, because of your faithfulness, because of you being part of this church. We're all reaping in the rewards of seeing people come to Christ and seeing God do miracles in their life. And it, it just was a great way for us uh, to kind of end our, our year of busyness here at church. You know, December to me is so busy. All the parties we have, all the things that we do. But it's been a, it was a, to me, we, we drove away from the jail thinking how awesome to see what you're doing, God, in the lives of people. Um, when, you know, this was kind of a tough year. We lost Paul the day after Christmas. And, uh, you know, all the prayers that we <clears throat> prayed for him in these 13 and a half years of seeing that journey that he was struggling with Joseph's disease and contending uh, in prayer for him. And, you know, we contended also for Maureen Willis and going to her uh, memorial service yesterday and seeing Jack. And, you know, Jack, he is just in that grieving process right now and uh, just continue to pray for him. But <clears throat> he said he's going to get down here this year and be with us. And he said, you know, if I lived in Hollister, I would be in this church. And to know who Jack is and to know the places he's traveled and the people who know him, that is a, a high compliment for us. He always, uh, even with tears, tells us, greet the people for me because he has such a connection with us being part of this church. And let's pray because we're having the bike. I'm already praying about the biker rally. It's coming back this year. We're believing. We were talking to Diane. We want to have the biker rally. Diane, we want to do something big at the biker rally this year. Let's pray that the Spirit of God moves in such a way this year. There's a lot of salvations. I know in past biker rallies that we did, we had so many people accept the Lord in our booths and stuff and just see people transformed. Let's just believe Hollister and San Benito County is going to experience God this year. It's a real positive year. It's an exciting year. Can I be honest with you? Being a Christian for 59 years and have, having times of deep intercession and praying, can I tell you, when I don't see something answered, like praying for like Paul for 13 and a half years, can I tell you, I stepped back and I felt a little discouraged. Is that okay to just say that to you? And then right where I'm reading in uh, Gracia Burnham's book, she talked about why didn't you answer that prayer of getting my husband and me both out? Why was it just me? You know, why was there just part of an answer? And, and she does this whole chapter about, wow, for, for, a, for 13 months, um, there were six men, and my father and my father-in-law were part of those six men that every uh, six days a week, they got up at six in the morning, and for an hour, they prayed for the Burnham's release. And she says, what is this, God? 
you know, all these prayers in the Bible that cover, you know, a prayer of a righteous man. She goes, man, my father and my father-in-law were righteous men. Every day, all the prayers, and she counts, calculated something like 56,000 prayers were prayed. And then she said all these other churches were praying, but why wasn't it prayed? Why didn't it answer? And it's that whole thing that we don't understand the mysteries and the power of prayer. But when we don't see a prayer answered, it could cause us to step back and quit praying. And I have to tell you, the last two weeks, I had just this little lapse in my prayer. But I tell you, I'm fired up again about praying, asking, knocking, seeking, believing that God hears our prayers and he's a God who answers our prayers. We saw Jesus in the garden praying, Father, if it's possible for you, let this cup pass for me. And we saw it didn't pass for him. God didn't answer that prayer. And so in the wisdom and power of God, God is a God who answers prayers. And he tells us to pray and don't give up, to ask, seek, and knock. And so all we can do as prayer warriors is to begin to pray. I got a text this week from uh, a little email from uh, Donna, and she said she's going to start a new prayer pocket, a new prayer pocket because of Irene and some of the insights she had about this year and what needs to be prayed for. We're going to start praying uh, another prayer pocket for our government, for America. What's going on in uh, internationally, uh, the division in our land, we need to see uh, unity come, and it's going to be our prayers beyond what we see to, to move, to pray for the nations, to pray for the, the Muslim community and all these different religions, to pray that the love of God comes, that the, there's a unity that comes in the body of Christ. There's a love that comes through us that reaches every kind of person and every religious uh, belief out there to see people come into the kingdom of God. These are things we can pray about, to have that peace. You know, we see the disunity in our land, but our prayers are powerful to see changes. The title of my message is today, The End and a New Beginning. You've been hearing already, it's 2020, fresh vision, a clear vision, perfect vision. And I've been praying a lot that God would just give us all renewed vision. The vision that comes from God, the vision that comes because we're born again and spirit believers, that the Holy Spirit resides in us. I was thinking about that scripture today. It says when Jesus was born, it says he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with both God and man. And I think of how we're born. And I look in the mirror every day, and I was at the, uh, at the memorial yesterday, and I met this person. They said, oh, wow, you don't look like you're 67. I'm thinking, you don't know what I see when I look in the mirror in, in the morning. <laughs> since the day I was born, since it was in my mother's womb, I began to grow. But from the moment we accept Jesus Christ, we begin to grow spiritually. And, you know, a lot of times our mind tells us and the devil tells us, oh, we're not doing good or whatever. He, he shows up our sins or he, he highlights an area where we're weak. It's a lie. If Jesus is in you, the Holy Spirit is working and you are growing and maturing. And I believe in this year there's going to be a growth spurt in our uh, gifts that come through us because of the Holy Spirit working in our life. Because of the deep faith that God has deposited in us that we can be a people who believe God and are growing spiritually in our lives. So, my key verse today is Ecclesiastes 7, 8a, the first part. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. Ever think about that? You know, you start something and, you know, oh, the difficulty you go through. But when it's over, ah, it's done. What about Moses in Egypt? In Exodus 20 and 1241. And it came to pass at the end of 430 years. Man, Dory was prophetically talking about that a minute ago. At the end of 430 years, on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. As the first time, and God begins to talk about his people as an army. 
We are the army of God. We are the believers. We are a powerful spiritual force on this earth, no matter what armies there are in the natural. We are a powerful spiritual force against darkness, against oppression, against anything the enemy is trying to do. And God is in us. But, you know, when they went out from Egypt, it was over. When they went out from Egypt, leaving Egypt meant leaving sin, leaving bondage. And when we accept Jesus Christ, we leave our sinful nature. We leave the patterns that have been established in the sins that we've done. And even though, again, the enemy would try to highlight our past sins, no, they've been washed by the blood of Jesus. We are cleansed from our unrighteousness, and we can walk in that reality of holiness and being in God's presence because of what Jesus did. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. What will you leave of 2019? Here's something I got in reading this book this year. I loved this. This, um, this was a chapter in a book I read. The only easy day was yesterday. Your most difficult day was yesterday. And it's the easiest day because it's your past. It's behind you. And only when you bring the past and the negativity into today is it affecting today and making today hard. But our easiest day was yesterday. What about Joseph when he was in prison? It ended, he ended up being the third ruler in Egypt with Pharaoh. What about David on the run when Saul was trying to kill him? It ended and David became king of Israel. Jesus was born in a stable. He was crucified, but he was resurrected from the dead. The end was better than the beginning. Jesus was with us yesterday. Did you go through some hard things? Again, reading Gracious' book about their ordeal that affected their life, affected so many people. And yet, Jesus was with them the whole time they were in captivity. She recounts the prayers and the things that they went through, praying for deliverance, praying for that someone would rescue them, but knowing that Jesus was with them. In Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. And we have to go through yesterday's pain so we can experience the joy that God has for us today. And if you're dealing with anything from the past that's affecting you today, really at the end of the service, come forward and get prayer about it. God wants you to break free. God wants you to experience a change in your life that you're not affected from yesterday. You're not living under the weight, the gloom of past things. It is the Holy Spirit that wants to bring soul healing to us of those things that trouble us, those things that affect our joy, those things that affect the atmosphere over us or the attitudes that we have. I... uh, I think this message to me is incredible because um, I think of April 23rd, 2017. I remember sitting here before my message and I have never felt a prophetic thought settle on me like that day. And the word settled over me and it was a word about barrenness. And it was such a weight, I remember getting up and sharing about it and then I think I did three or four messages in the following weeks about barrenness. But that Sunday, when the Holy Spirit dropped that on my heart, I began to see the barrenness of what we've gone through as a church, the barrenness of my own life. I saw 
um, generationally by aunts and who, who weren't married and didn't have children, uh, saw how it trickled down into uh, my, my family, my immediate family and my sister and uh, my, uh, my two sisters and just things that went on. And I just began to say, wow, God, you dropped this on me. And now I came out of this denial. I began to see those things that uh, just did not seem like they were the will of God. And I just went into this time where, and some of you remember that, those messages back, back in that, that year. Um, the things about the church. You know, and I, I saw errors. I don't know about you, but sometimes as a Christian, we compensate for what we don't see God doing. We can shove it to the back burner and not think about it and think like everything is good. But, you know, when God dropped that word, I, I began to just see those things that, and it made me just bring it into a reality in my life. And here's some definitions of barrenness. Emptiness, infertility, unfruitfulness, unproductiveness. Barren of vegetation, not fruiting, unable to have children, with no useful result, lacking in something, flat scrubland. Again, a number of messages really started coming after that. And then there, there was the, some scriptures that really validated what we'd gone through in our struggles as a church the last few years. One was Isaiah 26, 18. Because what's been on our hearts so much is reaching people, seeing the lost uh, experience salvation and uh, you know, the different ministries we had, the, the women's home, the men's home, you know, the, the outreaches that we've done. Just wanting to see people really experience God. And so this is Isaiah 26, 18. Isaiah the prophet wrote, We have been with child. We have been writhing in pain. We have, as it were, brought forth only the wind. We have not wrought any deliverances in the earth, and the inhabitants of the world of Israel have not yet been born. The child is the prophetic desire to bring people into the spiritual maturity. Fruit of the wind is seeing no lasting fruit, not a lot of strong disciples and leaders that we would want to see grow up. So many people needing deliverance and not being able to deliver any of them. Frustration that many people around us are still not born again spiritually. You know, some things are not resolved in a single year. It's interesting that this was back in 2017. And I... I I had a question about barrenness. And I began to ask myself, and if you remember, there were some questions I kind of put out in the bulletin every week. I began to assess the errors I was barren and to ask myself, where am I barren? Again, like I talked earlier, even just looking at generational things in my family. <clears throat> my son had been married and is with his wife, Jen, for eight years. And... Um, you know, it, just this last year, on Easter Sunday, they, Jen miscarried. She had such an hope and expectation of, you know, having a child. <clears throat> then I thought about what promises has the Lord made real to me? What are some of the promises that God has made real to you this past year? The bigger the promise of God, the greater the opposition. But I noticed even at Christmas time, in Luke 20, that God has a timing for his promises. 
In Luke 120, you know, the angel Gabriel is talking to Zechariah. Zechariah is a, just a little bit hard for him to believe what the angel is telling him is going to happen. You know, especially about them getting pregnant and about John the Baptist being born. So we go, so he tells Zach, but behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. It's interesting looking at this and just seeing uh, how God's been working these last few years. There was a prophetic promise to us in Genesis 49, 19 through 21. Though you were ruined and made desolate, and your land laid waste, now you will be too small for your people, and those who devoured you will be far away. The children born during your bereavement will yet say in your hearing, this place is too small for us. Give us more space to live in. Then you will say in your heart, who bore me these? I was bereaved and barren. I was exiled and rejected. Who brought these up? I was left alone, but these, where have they come from? That's that prophetic thing of what God's going to do in our church this year. We're going to see more things unfold. We're going to see that thing that we heard just uh, just in the October 20th. Dory had that word that, about reset. We're beginning to see things reset in the church. Remember this song? We, we used the scripture a number of times this part of this last part of the year in Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren one, you who have not born. You know, in those places that we are waiting uh, for God to move and answer prayer, that we begin to sing out in praise and confidence of what he's going to do. We change the atmosphere. We sing out that Ryan's going to be done with those headaches, that he's going to be up praising and worshiping with us, that he's going to have a new, fresh experience with God. It's by faith that we live. It's our expectation to sing and to prophesy and to speak those things that are not as though they were. That's what God calls us to do. Reset definition, to set again or differently. A supernatural change from the way things have been. Something God says and then does. Blessings always follow testing. In Deuteronomy 8.16, The Lord who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. That whatever we go through, God is trying to do something good for us in the end of it, when we're through it, when we're done with it. Recounting the miraculous year. I hope some of you have some things to recount that God did for you this year because I want to open up the mic in a minute or so and I want to hear, as we go into this new year, we need to hear what God's been doing and as we share together, our hearing each other's victories and the testimonies are powerful to encourage us to believe for this next year and what God wants to do. In Deuteronomy 4.32, For asking now concerning the days that are past, which were before you, since the day that God created man on earth and asked from one end of heaven to the other whether any great thing like this has happened or anything like this has been heard. Recount your miracles, your victories, your good endings. On 1026, after that reset word, our, our son and daughter-in-law are now expecting their first child. Wow. 
They've been married nine years. On Christmas Day, they had gotten a paper back in November that said what the sex of their child was. And so Jen folded it up and stuck it in her purse. But on Christmas Day, they went to a bagel shop in New York, and she showed the paper to the bagel man and said, if this is a girl, put strawberry cream cheese on my bagel. If it's a boy, put blueberry cream cheese on the bagel. So he got a little smile on his face, went out and did his thing, gave her the bag, and they walked to Central Park. And they opened up the bag, and it revealed that they're going to have a son. God is good. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. Again, would someone like to just share? Can we turn that mic on and people like to share? Sarah, I wanted to share earlier. Thank you. No, guys, yes, prayer. My husband had this disease for 30 years. Um, through it all, if that is our journey of this life, then God, you are faithful one step at a time, one step at a time. And I am sorry, I am not sad. I am rejoicing. He is free in a new body and a new, out of that crazy all that that he's been through. He's been through so much. And God has been faithful through it all. And he has answered our prayer. He is running around those streets of gold, and he's going to meet me at the front door. <laughs> please. Yeah, please. It's like we have this set thing of what we, okay, we pray. We pray specific, and this is exactly what I want it to look like. But your will be done, Lord. <laughs> and it's like, be glorified, Lord, whatever it looks like. You be glorified. And it's not always, we are so limited in what we see. God sees so much bigger, so much more. He has answered our prayers. Yes. And this isn't our home anyway, right, Bonnie? <laughs> I spent 15 years in bed in horrific pain. And this past year, I'm here, right? I'm out of bed, and I'm able to come every Sunday. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I'm feeling better and better, so that's a miracle, too. Yes. It's a big miracle. Yes. Come on. There's more out there. Yes. Yes. Keep coming. Line up. Get on the front. Okay, so on the 15-year theme, I've spent 15 years praying for my children to come back to Christ because they were raised in the Lord. And this is the year I saw my oldest daughter go from serious depression to getting on her knees and praying in utter humility and need. And she said she felt something lift off her, and she has come back to God. And, and speaking of fruitfulness, she's now pregnant with twins. <laughs> and equally as exciting, if not more, is my youngest daughter who has, um, about four months ago, texted me and said, I need Jesus. I'm going back to church. 
after 15 years of terrible abuse and horrible situations. And she's now on her way to church with her sister in, um, in another city. So I have so much to praise God for. Just pray for her, though. She needs to get out of another abusive relationship so that she can go on and walk with the Lord. Thank you. Most everybody knows my story, but I walked into this church right after 9-11 totally broken. I'd lived a life of depression, sadness. I didn't know how to laugh. I didn't know anything. And I hadn't even realized that that was my life. And I, the Lord spoke to me. He brought me here supernaturally. And I wouldn't change a thing because I have found life and life more abundantly. And he has healed me from so many different things and I've broken free. I want to thank God for my wife because I'm one of those people that sometimes doesn't want to say anything and I have one of those wives that makes me get up and say something. Um, many of you know I was in a wheelchair for a good chunk of last year and I had had a part of my foot cut off. We were told by doctors that I might lose my leg and that uh, there was a possibility I might end up with a prosthetic leg from the knee down and through a lot of prayer people here. Um, we had some surgeons that went in and tried to do something, and at first it didn't work, and then came and did a second surgery, and that time it did work and opened up the veins, and you can see I'm standing. Well, I got a job here in Hollister because I've been, we have, my wife and I have been going through some real financial struggles for the last couple of years with all this going on, and um, Pastor Kenneth Tracy, a couple weeks back, prayed for us and said that God was going to change that and open up blessings. And um, with this new job that I had, I was receiving a lot of criticism from the people that I worked with that I didn't know what I was doing. And I was doing a poor job and I wasn't succeeding and everything I was doing was not working. Yesterday... One of the managers walked up to me and he said, Mark, wow, incredible job last month. You sold a lot of cars. My other manager, same thing. Oh, you are on fire. I have to tell you guys, I didn't change. I didn't change anything. God changed it for us. I have people just walking up to me and I don't even know where they're coming from and we're being blessed and I just can't thank God enough for that. Um, my bosses looked at me a little weird the other day when he was going, dude, I just think you're doing this better and you're doing that better and this and I, I looked at him and I said, no, that's not true. I said I wasn't, I was doing the same as I was back then when I wasn't succeeding. He goes, well, what do you think it is? And he, I think, looked at me a little strange when I said, I think God. God opened the door. God's making it happen. 
Good morning. Um, we know that God gives and God takes. I lost my mom a few months ago, but then the Lord gave me a grandson on New Year's Day. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. everybody. <laughs> Hi, hey everybody. My name is Pete, and uh, this is just my second time here. So you guys might, some of you might know my sister, Amanda Millicent. She's not, she's not the most outgoing person, but anyway, second Sunday here, and I'm going to get over with the introduction real quick. Uh, I'm from San Jose. I lost my job. Um, been stubbornly trying to get a business going, and it's been failing many, many times, but I just want to talk about what I've been delivered from in the last year. So you guys probably know some people who were molested when they were a baby, or maybe not, but I discovered last year that that's what actually happened. And uh, I learned a lot of stuff in the last really six years or so that uh, I'm a seer, that actually I have vision. When I was a baby, this thing happened to me, and when I was five years old, kind of got consumed by a spirit of fear, to put it bluntly. So <coughs> the amazing thing is, is that this last year, there was like seven of them that God took out of me. So I am just overwhelmed by joy, and I have this, I have this light, you know, I have this, just this awesome, just peace that surpasses all understanding. And so I just wanted to share that, like, even though the road is, it's tough still, and a lot of my life just has to get rebuilt. I am so at peace and so encouraged and so happy, and uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Well, a lot of you that have been here for a long time, you know that I recovered from a um, liver transplant, and then I got dementia, and through all the prayers of everyone here in the church, especially the old-timers here, because I've been here, that happened in 2011, and through my son that saw that miracle, he received the Lord, and he died December the 1st, but I know he's in heaven because he saw the miracle, and he talked to me about it, so he received the Lord, and I just received my seventh great-grandchild two days ago. So, Lord, let me live so I could be here and to minister to my children, my grandchildren, and now great-grandchildren. Well, since Debbie mentioned dementia, I also was delivered from dementia um, two and a half years ago. And people go, you can't get over that. I said, well, it was the type of dementia I had. And yes, I did get over it. And guess who got me over it? <laughs> Lord God Almighty delivered me from it. And I told him that I wasn't going to be in that spot, that he could deliver Nebuchadnezzar, he can deliver me. And he did, you know. I'm not going to stay there where I'm not supposed to be. That's not God's best. 
And we've all got to believe for God's best. So he delivered me, and just talk about joy. I'm, I'm working out with a trainer. He's been so encouraging. Um, he pushes you right to the limit and doesn't push you past so that you can get stronger. I'm just so full of joy now that I didn't have for years. So praise God, because he's the only one that can do this. Well, about five years ago, I sat down with my boss in a review, and he said, there is no possibility of you advancing any further in this company. It, you're, you're at the top. It can't. You should go look for a job with someone else. Uh, as he said that, I felt something in my spirit rise up and go, where man says it's impossible, God says it is possible. And although it took a long time, which is kind of the way God works with me, because there were things I needed to learn, uh, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, I got a promotion that was supposedly not possible. (laughs) So I didn't want to talk about anything any specific event, but I just wanted to encourage you. I have been praying um, very diligently for, gosh, as long as I can remember, but over this last year, I got a little bit more militant in my prayer life, and I started praying in spite of anything that I saw coming against what I was praying for. Really big things in my family, and we have seen God answer and do huge miracles, things that we never thought possible, and, and it was just because God gave me a word in my heart. Pray no matter what you see happening in the physical. Don't look at that. Get your eyes on me. Stay in my word. Proclaim my word. Believe my word. Praise me for my word because it's done. It's done. So no matter what I saw, I, I just kept praying. And when I talked to my kids or I talked to my husband and they're, but this and but that, and I'm like, but God. But God, but God. Over two years ago, or less than two years, the doctors sent me to Stanford and said I needed a transplant. And uh, that was devastating to me. At the same time, my husband was going through cancer, and we were getting treat. He was getting treatments over there, so it was a very difficult time for me. But when I went in May of 2018, the doctor said, "You don't need a transplant. This is your liver is just rejuvenated, and it's the blood work is almost it's abnormal." And I said, "He said there's still scarring there." And I said, I can live with a scar. <laughs> Jesus showed his scars. And I said, so when I went home, I just cried when he revealed that to me. He says, he showed the apostles his scars. And I said, thank you, Jesus. You got me through this. And uh, I lost my husband this year. It's been a little difficult, but... God has always been there for me. And I want to thank this church for all all your prayers. 
and love and support. God bless you. Well, I, I uh, gave the Lord a praise um, several months ago that uh, he had uh, uh, healed me from, and through the doctors as well, from cancer this last year, prostate cancer. And um, I'm doing great on that, and that's wonderful. Uh, I wanted to share something else that the Lord's been doing, and kind of doing it in uh, just trusting him that it's, he's got a plan, and he knows what the future holds. Uh, but I retired from uh, County Mental Health about four or five years ago now, and I've really, really tried hard to go into total retirement, you know, and just not do anything. Uh, that's been, you know, my vision has been laying on the beach in the sun, you know, <laughs> and, uh, but God keeps giving me more jobs and more work and more, uh, you know, I have a private practice counseling, and um, just in the last six months, he's added more and more onto that, and in, in December, I worked, I was back working 35 hours a week again, and, uh, and he's just opening more and more doors, and, and I'm working with several attorneys who I'm working with substance abuse uh, clients who, uh, who are professionals who have, are in danger of losing their license because they've had DUIs or different kinds of things like that, and, and I'm just amazed that God keeps opening more doors, and I remember however many years ago now it was, uh, that uh, the elders came, the presbytery, and did the, the words of uh, wisdom over people. And, and the one thing I remember that, uh, that one of the women spoke over me, and it kind of surprised me because it didn't, wasn't my idea of what God would have for me. But she, I remember she said, and I see you with business and business and more business. And I... I, I that's not particularly what I had in mind, but uh, it seems like, you know, I keep, I'm 72, I keep thinking, okay, Lord, I'm done, but the Lord keeps giving me more to do, but it's always different than I think it's going to be, but I guess the testimony there is that God is good, and he's a God of life, and a God of new energy, and new life, and new beginnings, and, and uh, when you think he's done with you, he's not. <laughs> Amen. <laughs>